And here we are, here we are, episode three in season two of How We Bounce Back. And we got a doctor over here over the airwaves, ladies and gents. Today's episode, we're going to have a medical expert dive into his journey of becoming a doctor. He was matched in family medicine at EVMS Norfolk. Two Saturdays ago, he recently graduated from medical school at VCOM Edward College of Osteopathic Medicine. And oh, by the way, his DNA is made out of burgundy and gold. He is none other than Dr. J.B. Navarro. Hey, what's up, James? Good to be here, man. It's good to see you. Dr. Navarro, thank you for joining us tonight. How's life been for you in these past few weeks? It's been good, man. Uh, Recently graduated, did the four-year journey, had uh, my immediate family there and my in-laws and Anna, of course. So it's just good to be back, graduate and see all my colleagues who are now doctors as well. Congratulations to you guys if you're watching. Uh, let's just do big Woo! things. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen to that. <laughs> now, I know we usually start off the episode with lighthearted questions, but let's get straight into your medical journey, JB. First off, congratulations again on completing medical school. I'm sure it's been a long road. So my first question to you, what does being a doctor mean to you? Yeah, great question. Um, I think just being a doctor, I it's not who you are. It's what you do type thing. First of all, is what you need to realize. Uh, and by that, I mean, just don't let it consume you. I think there's a, everyone wants to help people. And like, for me specifically, that's what I wanted to do was to help people. And I wanted to like play to my strengths. Uh, and as, as a physician, I can do a lot of things. So if, if I wasn't going to be a doctor per se, I wanted to be a teacher or somewhere be involved in my community and specifically in my specific profession, family medicine, I can be a doctor. I can be a teacher or mentor for those in my community, my family. Uh, just be able to help out any way I can. I think family medicine specifically, we're very in tune with our community because you're kind of in, in the front lines of seeing patients who you kind of go with from the womb to the tomb is kind of what I say. So mm-hmm. uh, just really finding myself in a, in a, uh, in a occupation that really suits my strengths and what I want to do with life is probably the best thing about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to get into it, man. It's only fate that you, this was going to be your eventual, you know, lifetime work as uh, helping other people from like even a medical standpoint. You've been a great friend for everyone for all these years. Everyone remembers you as having a literally like the best heart out of all the friends. So glad that this was like your, it was your destiny. <laughs> it was always your destiny. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. As in Star Wars, they say, it's your destiny, <laughs> <laughs> Um, But then, my next question, man, Blacksburg, Virginia, five-hour drive from Northern Virginia. I don't know how far that is from Norfolk, <laughs> but I could imagine it's just far out there. Um, but you had all the space to focus on medical school. We talked about this before our mm-hmm. uh our pod combo, but can you describe your path these last few years? And maybe this ties with why did you want to become a doctor? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, just going through school. I mean, the basic pre-med student is a bio major, loves science, wants to help people. So 
went to ODU, came in as a bio major, came in as a pre-med, hoping to do medicine. Um, contrary to what people may think, my parents didn't pressure me into it. Uh, but <laughs> both my parents are nurses. As you know, your mom's also a nurse. So like being healthcare was always, it was always there. Like all, I was always, I was always comfortable in that, that setting, you know, going to the, to Kaiser Permanente where my parents worked for a long time and just being around doctors and seeing physicians and seeing patients and things like that, just to go visit my mom and seeing my mom do her job, I guess. And, uh, seeing the effect that she had as being a nurse and like just being on that intimate level with people was just kind of, I guess it always in the back of my mind of something that I wanted to do. Uh, so fast forward, I went to ODU for four years. Um, eventually I decided that I wanted to do medicine and Traditionally, you know, someone will do four years of undergrad and kind of jump straight into medical school. And for me, I kind of went a more non-traditional route. So for me, I kind of had the foresight to saying, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to do medicine, I need to really be committed to it. I can't, I can't half-ass it. Like once you're in medical school, your path for the next 10, 15, 20 rest of your life is set. So yeah. uh, I made sure that I invested myself in the field. So I became an EMT, volunteer EMT in Virginia Beach, uh, did that for three years, as well as being a medical scribe in the emergency room and just really indulging myself in the aspect of medicine versus hands-on through EMT and just on the clinical like documentation side um, in the mind of a physician, I guess, being a medical scribe. So I did that for three years and uh, figured out I really wanted to do it. And I applied, went to VCOM uh, for four years, uh, went to Blacksburg, uh, brought Anna with me. Shout Ooh. out Anna and Penny and Lotus hey. for sticking through it with me. And uh, it was just a long track and uh, it's been great. I, I feel like I just set myself up for the opportunity and wherever I could go and, and do it. I just made sure I did my best and just kept trekking on. You know, being a doctor, you're saving lives. And other times, you know, you are you're there when it's the most challenging times for families. Right. And mm -hmm. uh, we talked about this before. And so. Uh, one thing is like, maybe, maybe you don't have to deal with this now. Maybe you did it, deal with it when you were uh, traveling in your last like year or semester, but how do you manage the psychological part for you yourself mm -hmm. when you're dealing with the emotions of patients, especially when it's a constant wave and you're going to go through this again for the rest of your life, when it's a constant wave of good news and bad news for all of these patients. Mm -hmm. I think it's more of just learning by doing and kind of the more you see it, the less, I hate to say like tone deaf you get, but the, the more you just get used to it and, and in a good way, cause you can be that strong support system for somebody and kind of learn from other experiences in the past. And it, it just gets better and easier the more times you see it. And, and in a good way, because you can be there for those families. And I think, uh, especially being an EMT and working in the emergency room as a medical scribe, I saw a lot of emergency cases. I've done cardiac uh, I've done CPR on people that never came back multiple times. Uh, I see people at their absolute worst. And I just always remember all the experiences and how I feel. And I'm always observant of how family feels and things like that. And, and just always to be cognizant of uh, everyone's other's emotions and just kind of being level-headed, taking a step back and just trying to be me. First of all, I'm just usually a happy-go-lucky person, pretty calm, cool, collected, as, as I think at least. So yeah, um, yeah. you just get better. You just learn from every patient experience and, uh, it just, it gets easier, I guess, and in more ways than none, but to say the least, uh, as being a student and EMT and a scribe was never really the direct patient care provider. And I know 
coming into residency as an intern, I'll have a lot more responsibility. I'll be writing those orders. I'll be taking care of those patients directly. I will be signing those JET certificates. And I honestly don't know how to prepare for that. I think seeing that first patient pass away and it being like my responsibility um, will definitely hurt, but uh, it's just something you have to have an open mind to and just be prepared. And just, like I said, just remember all the times in the past and that there's always tomorrow. So just try to be good today. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a combination of things where for the most part, the primary things that you've always been a very positive person, you know, and like that we, we talk about time and time again on this show, but even translate into becoming a doctor, being a positive person helps you being become immune mentally to a lot of the nuances, exactly. and, you know, of like, you know, the, the roller coaster ride of being a doctor and seeing all of the, the, the good and the bad times. So that helps. You're probably ahead of the curve. Like, I don't know if they would t- ever take doctors that are not positive, like all the time. <laughs> right. You know, you definitely yeah. want to have a good attitude about things, but yeah, I mean, uh, being an EMT, like, I think that also has prepped you. Like, it's like, you know, you're seeing this time and time again, and it's just like tragic. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. EMT, I don't think you're ever doing something for the good, you know, or like we're, <laughs> you know, someone's in good health. We're going to go pick someone, you know, it's like while you're in EMT, you know, you're seeing this time and time again, like, okay. Like you're sort of, your mind is becoming more immune to the emotional things. And now it gives you the opportunity to focus and save someone's life. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I will add to that uh being an emt and being a medical scribe like in the ed it's not everything you see on tv on like chicago pd and fd and stuff like that there are a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of complaints on on, on medicine that aren't as as uh, uh-huh. life-threatening i guess and things like that but at the same time you need to be cognizant that it may not be an emergency to you because i've seen the worst of the worst but it's an emergency to that person to where they needed your help so you also have to be cognizant of the fact that just because it may not be a true medical emergency, you have to be compassionate, kind, and treat yep. everybody the same that you would in any yep. sort of situation. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. No need to like really t- tell them that they're wrong or talk back on like whatever their case is. You know, mm-hmm. it's you know d- uh, taking everything um, in stride, uh, keeping your ears open, and you know not exactly. really like. Yeah telling them that, you know, they're all wrong in this, like there's something, you know, like maybe there is something that they need to be taken in for. So yeah, Yeah, you never know. So never know. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but that actually, you answered my next question, you know, again, seeing the best and worst, like you were EMT, uh, prior to medical school. Um, but what I, maybe you didn't answer this. What's the hardest part about the work you do does it does any of this scare you a bit or maybe it does when you first started but what's the hardest part about the work you do um i think probably so so i'm I'm wired to where i love talking to people i love being there for someone like if like i need to stay late to help you you know do something i will do it no matter what and i think uh i'm just wired that way but i think a lot of people in my profession you always have to be on, I guess is the way to put it when you're working. Um, Cause you gotta, you gotta mm-hmm. be like, you gotta answer, you gotta look at the labs. You gotta know what's going on. You have to talk to the family. You have to be positive, you know, try to be the support system. And I think it can weigh a lot on people. So I think the hardest part probably will be taking on too much and just, um, just not being able to, to tone down, I guess. But um, yeah. sit with that, I think it's important to pick up hobbies that you love 
uh, even if the hobby is just sitting down on the couch on a Friday night and watching Netflix and like eating mm-hmm. a pizza, like just yeah. take time for yourself essentially. And because it, it is a heavy task, like uh, we're expected, a lot is expected out of us. And I think that's great. And especially in our early careers, when we're young, we're like, yeah, let's go. We're a hundred percent. We're all go, go, go. But right, right. as time, like the, the burnout is very, very real. So I think yeah. the biggest thing yeah. is people not learning their limitations or trying to do too much when they then when they should just tone it down a little bit, even though they're expected right. to do a lot. Right. Right. And I think as doctors, like maybe, uh, it feels wired or maybe, maybe it's the perception for other patients and people that doctors are probably superheroes. They, they, they can't make mistakes. They, they can't go no wrong. They can never get tired. We're all humans. <laughs> We're going to get tired. Yeah. It's great that you recognize the, the mental limits, the mental capacity, that you have because you know you definitely want to make a good judgment call every time you're at work so uh you're i know exactly. you have so many hobbies like we everyone knows you're a golfer <laughs> you you know redskins I'm oh sorry to. football team na- nationals Always. like so yeah ca- i know what that couch hobbiness uh involves you know <laughs> in terms of uh you know you got got the little bobblehead i see back there with the globe and yeah whatnot, so. yeah yeah, yeah reading, reading some books too. So yeah, I got it. And I think that really applies to everyone's line of work. But hey, like exactly. everyone, please recognize that also applies to a doctor as well. So mm-hmm. all right, JB, let's light up the mood, get our smiles and laughs going. We're gonna go ahead and play a game of pitcher association, pitcher trivia. I'm gonna go ahead and put eight photos of food up on the screen. You know me and you are big foodies. I know you're not a tr- nutritionist nice. though. You're not a nutritionist, but what you have to do as a doctor for this game is guess how many calories on average are oh, on each man. food item. <laughs> That's the trivia part. All right. It's okay. Again, let, let, let's make it clear, ladies and gentlemen, he's not a nutritionist. He's a doctor, but <laughs> let's have fun with it. And also to add on, once you guess the calories, you can do a range, by the way, um, is that, you know, determine or let it, let the audience know if each food item is healthy or not. Um, but anyways, no caveats, no penalties, <laughs> no, no penalties for getting anything wrong. No shots of whiskey. Like we did with Devin last week, Get anything wrong. We got to just stick with the water today and stay healthy. Mr. Dr. Navarro. <laughs> this is not medical advice. This is pure subjective. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Disclaimer. This is not medical advice from a doctor, by the way, this is JB Navarro. These are definitely from De- That's Devin's hand. It is Devin's hand, actually. He sent this to me last week because uh, I asked Devin for a picture for the the podcast graphic, and this man just sent me 16 sandwich pictures. I'm like, okay, bro. <laughs> he waited all his life to send them sandwich pictures. But anyways, <laughs> this is a pastrami sandwich from Cat's Restaurant in New York City. How many mm. calories, and is it healthy or not? All right. First question, how many calories? So I see about... At least 10 to 12 servings of pastrami there. Plus <laughs> the mayonnaise based ketchup sauce. Is that an egg <laughs> with the bread? Dude, this is probably like, let's go with 800 calories. Just, uh, and it's not, it's not healthy for sure. I know, at least I'll get that part right. Yeah, yeah. I think you did get that. You pretty much got that right. <laughs> We're at the 700 uh, calorie range, but 800, that's close enough. It probably is 800. Uh, when I Googled the answer, it's probably getting low, the low range. But yeah, this is the the cream of the crop Super Bowl of pastrami sandwiches, ladies and gentlemen. Nice. All right. So now I have my reference. 700, 700 calories pastrami sandwich. Yes, sir. 
Now we got a tray of lumpia. Oh. Now you can you can go with how many is uh on the tray, which <laughs> I counted. It's forty one lumpias, or you can go with the nice. amount of calories per lumpia. Up to you. Okay. Uh, first of all, who made this? Looks delicious. <laughs> or is this just a Google stock image? Have a buy on? Shout out to Oh, oh they, they ain't hip to it, bro. Lumpia. <laughs> um, gosh. Probably in one, let's go with like 200 calories. So, what? You said 42. So, I don't know, math. 8,000 8, calories right there. 8,500 8, ish. Um, not healthy for the body, but it is healthy for the mind. For sure. <laughs> and the All soul. Right. All right. I think you're a little bit you're a little bit off on this. For one lumpia, it looks like it's on average 85 calories. Now, hold nice. on. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to help you out with this. The, the lumpias, it can be made in different sizes. For all of the Filipinos that know, right. it can be half this size. <laughs> Or it could be this size. So if I double 85, it's closer to 200. So I'll give it to you there, JB. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> yep, yep. We got a Chipotle burrito bowl, mm. which you, I believe, had catered, like you mentioned, to your graduation yes. party. Catered Chipotle for the graduation party because it was Mother's Day. And we had just traveled back from Blacksburg. So my mom didn't want to cook. Very reasonable. Absolutely. So... <laughs> Man, I think Chipotle is like easily a thousand calories, mm. and that's like a standard. They have everything. Um, is it healthy? Uh, it's got enough. It's got enough color. I, I get when I when I when I talk about nutrition, I like colors in terms of vegetables, um, and your proteins and everything. So I'll say it's pretty healthy. Maybe not the calorie count, but as a dish, I think it's pretty balanced. Nice. I agree with you. Yes, there, you get enough <laughs> veggies and corn and uh, pico de gallo in here. You got the high range, so I, I give it. It's close enough. It's six twenty-five to nine fifty. So you definitely got, which I thought is actually more. Um, I've definitely heard of two thousand, but um, <laughs> those <laughs> are the, the double meats. Double meats. Yeah, I was getting yeah. there. I was getting there. Yeah, yeah. That's me right there. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, a good good balance of everything for sure now we got the buffalo mm. chicken dip and let's you know go with the buffalo chicken dip from ted's tailgate <laughs> <laughs> yes shout out tail tail barbecue ted's tailgate lot g20 lot g20 there you go hail htt football team yes big super bowl staple here um gosh what? All right, let's go with calories per serving. Calories. Make that uh, specific. Per serving, per serving. Okay, per serving. So you got chicken, you got sour cream. Uh, you got the chip. I don't know, the lumpia was at 85. This has got to be more. Let's let's double it to... This This will be my 200. And definitely not healthy. <laughs> you're very close again. You. It seems like you're very close. Like, all right, so this it, it, JB again. He's not a nutritionist. He's a doctor, but he's getting close. He's like literally a hundred off, but it's three hundred calories per. <laughs> literally a hundred off. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. One of the most humbling things about medicine is you're not always right, people. So yeah, we'll take yeah. it. You just gotta learn from it. The thing I will point out: the celery on the bottom right there. That is my <laughs> secret to buffalo chicken dip. Just put the celery instead of the chips if you want to make it 
healthy. Yeah, there you go. That is doc. That is somewhat doctor advice. Not doctor advice, but JB advice right there. Yeah, yeah. got to balance. Yeah, not too salty for sure. All right. Well, mm. I know you being a Norfolk, you know, <laughs> local. Let's talk about these king crab legs right here. King crab legs. This I have absolutely no idea. Um, <laughs> and it, you know, I actually I didn't even verify if it was per serving or not. So you can just throw out a number at this point. Let's go. Uh, if it was per serving, let's go two hundred. That's my number. He's is close all the time. <laughs> all the time. Oh, well, let's go about the healthy part. We want to know is it healthy? Because people be it's going protein. in on these crabs. Yeah, it's protein. Yeah, but, but if you dip it in the butter, I don't see any butter. Then it, then the game changes. But. Like I said, it's balanced. You got to enjoy it too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 130. Again, you're off okay. by 70. Very close. Very close nice. each time. Wow, wow. There we go. This is very mood boosting. Thank you. What's going on with these chicken Ooh. wings right here? A staple. You know, you can go mm. with one chicken wing again. One chicken wing per calorie. Or you can go with the whole plate. I, I counted. It's 10 wings here. So 10 wings. Yeah. Let's go definitely more than the crab legs so let's go 250 per wing 10 all right let's go lower (laughs) (laughs) breading i don't know the sauce yeah it does yeah there is the breading so i don't know man all right i'm i'll stick with what i said 250 it's it's definitely way lower it's it's way lower Yeah. Okay. Not healthy. All right, everyone, you better recognize because there's <laughs> celery behind these chicken wings. So dip that into the ranch really quick. But we're looking at 43 calories per chicken wing right now. Man. So, yeah, well, which I don't know. I might be looking at fake news online, <laughs> but it, it is In my head, it's 250, so that way I work out harder the next day yeah. after I eat it. That's how I'm doing it. <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people know about mm. this, but us Pinoys know crispy pata over here. Mm. That's the good stuff right there. Mouth's watering. Um, man, so our chicken wing was what? 43? <laughs> <Let's>, oh, <laughs> going off per, per, per serving. Let's go with the per serving. Mm-hmm. Let's just say... I mean, it's, it's crispy. That crispy skin, though. Uh, so yep, good. I'll do that's, it. That's got to bring it up. Let's say I'll 90. I'll do it. 90 per. 90? 9-0? 9-0. Oh, gosh. Okay. Maybe the size of this picture is might, might be <laughs> deceiving compared to the wing. Yeah, it's distorted. Yeah, it looks distorted. Oh, so it's a huge... Okay. It's so bigger. <laughs> it looks bigger. Yeah. Let's times it by five. 450. Okay, you're getting there. It looks like it's 900 calories per serving, but hey, man, shout out to the Filipino food for loading up the calories now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We got the main That's event. why I don't see a lot of ripped Filipinos besides, like, Pacquiao. It's just food, <laughs> our food culture is just, we'd rather eat good than have nice bodies. You know? Yeah, yeah, living. Yeah, yeah, you living, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We, we yeah, Pinoy's, you know, enjoy... Enjoy the indulgence, right? You know, not mm-hmm. no salads. <laughs> and the main event, the oh. famous Delvecchio's oh. chicken, bacon, and ranch pizza straight out of Norfolk, Virginia. How many calories per slice? First of all, this got me in the feels. Shout out Delvecchio's. Definitely satisfied, satisfied a lot of cravings late night. Um, 
per slice of a chicken bacon ranch has got to be up there. We're going to go 600 final answer. Definitely oh, not okay. Okay. It was close. It was close. You, so the range is 300, the low 500, the high. So you're off by hundred again, you know, so it's I'm consistently high. It's okay. Consistently. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Got to shoot for the moon here. Yeah. You know, but again, not a nutritionist, a doctor, but yeah. yeah. We, uh, hey, there's a commonality between all eight of these pictures. JB and I will eat it all. <laughs> eat every single last bite. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Price is right rules. I would have failed. I failed tremendously. <laughs> oh man, we're not playing. This is a very bus. humbling experience. <laughs> you can't. You can't do zero. I think or one dollar. One dollar. Yeah. One calorie. <laughs> one calorie. Yeah. That was fun. I wasn't expecting that. Good. Good. He's not. You're not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, JB. Let's get back into the medical questions. What can you tell people today from all that you've learned in medical school about taking care of their own health? You know, hit on it, all of it from adolescents, <laughs> teens, young adults, middle age, senior citizens. You, yeah. gotta, you know, like if I don't know if I name all of it, but it's like every phase in life. What can you tell about them about their own health? Yeah, um, I think just broad strokes, like mentally, physically, emotionally, like those are three big categories just to take care of yourself. Um I think as a physician now, I think one thing that um, I hold myself to a specific standard to where if you're going to come into my practice, to my office, and I'm going to tell you to do something, I would have had to have done it myself if I could have or practice what I preach essentially. So I'm a big health and lifestyle guy. Um, I like a big routine, like work out every morning. Uh, I try to eat right, try to do like a more plant-based diet. Um, just try to essentially, you know, I'm not saying do what I do, but I'm saying if I can't be like, yo, James, like you need to cut all your carbs out. You need to work out three hours a day, every day. And then me just like go home and eat pata every day and just sit on the couch and, and not, yeah. do it, you know, so kind of like practice what you preach in a way. And I know that's not everyone can do that, but I mean, just to me personally, I, I set myself to that standard. Um, so, and obviously like working out as a fan physician, like that's, my biggest prescription will probably be food, nutrition, and working out just because that, that when working out specifically, like it's that you stress, that positive stress you put on your body, it just it does so much good. Like physically, you feel better. Like mentally, you feel so much better. Like I feel so energized every morning after work. And I, I just feel good about myself. And even like for a more personal standpoint, like if you, like uh, Deion Sanders said it, if you look good, you feel good, you play good type thing. So I think not only working out just for your lifestyle, but I think mentally and mentally and emotionally, it definitely helps that aspect as well, uh, which is the also segue for mental and emotional health. I think now more than ever, um, that is such a big thing. And I'm, I'm so happy that it's coming to light more, uh, especially with like residencies are, are so much more in tune to it um, just because a lot of residents, they burn out and they go into depressive states as far as to committing oh, suicide, wow. which is terrible to hear, but it's, it's just the reality of it. But um just take care of yourself mentally, emotionally, uh, take that time out of your day to just do you. Um, it could, and this is like no limitation. It could be sitting on Instagram for an hour every day before you go to bed or when you're at home or reading a book or, you know, doing whatever, uh, just do something for you to keep you stable too, as well, because I think it, it's definitely a balance and that's part of kind of like that osteopathic philosophy, which is kind of all of medicine in general is to take your care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally in some way or form. So. Uh, just look out for you because 
I think the biggest thing is, um, especially in anything you do, but especially, you know, for physicians, uh, you got to take care of you before you can take care of everybody else. So mm-hmm. look out for number one. So, yeah. Yeah. Find ways to enjoy our lives. Right. That exactly. Always yeah. Yeah, be happy, but also, yeah. I mean, the cure to a lot of things is working out too. And that in a yeah. way that everything falls in place, right. You know, mm-hmm. like working out, yeah. you're fine mentally. So, yeah. Uh, not much more to say to that because, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, you re- oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But and, and with working out, I don't mean you gotta like go to Orange Theory every day. You know, even just like 30, 30 minutes walking around the block. You know, just get that heart up a little bit. You don't have to do anything strenuous. Or if you can't walk, there's like ellipticals. There's like stationary bikes. There's like pedals you can buy when you're sitting on the couch and stuff like that. So. Long story short, the excuses are very limited, but there are people that it just can't happen for them too. But uh, mm-hmm. if you get a good position, they'll find a way to work, make it work for you. So, right, right. Do you feel like getting outside? This is not a question I prepared, but do you feel like getting outside and tying to what you just uh, <laughs> mentioned right there, in terms of like just getting, you know, not, not having to go to Orange Theory, not having to go to Gold's Gym, <laughs> but getting outside, get, catching some sun, walking down the street, like, do you feel like, what what kind of thing that does does that play for people, especially like, you know, you we always see the older people walking their dogs, like our parents mm-hmm. and whatnot. But what yeah. about the kids that are always indoors playing video games all the time? And like their minds <laughs> right. are just, you know, like are they gonna go catch some fresh air? What do you do you feel like getting outside ha- plays a positive health effect for even adolescents, teens, young adults? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that the kids uh these days are different than like us like we were outside till the sun was down playing and even when the sun was down we were like playing manhunt with like the neighborhood kids and stuff like that and you don't see a lot of that anymore um which is kind of sad but at the same time like for safety reasons it's not as it's not as it's not as big of a deal now but just with i guess what we were kind of saying is like video games people are just more attached to screens but uh Mm -hmm. to answer your question i think yeah being outside i think is always a good thing i think nature like not to be like super philosophical, but uh, in terms of like DNA, like in terms of us, plants, animals, like we're all come from like these specific base pairs of DNA and we're all related in some yep. way, shape or form. So just yep. getting out is just meditative and it's just like being one with nature. You know, I think that's a saying for a reason. And just to, especially now with social media and tablets and phones, like just unplug, you know, whatever you can do just to get your mind off of it so you can think about something or nothing at all. You can just kind of enjoy and just be present. And I think that's, that's very beneficial. I think. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, um, we talked about this. There's many other aspiring doctors, nurses, frontline healthcare workers, EMTs, physical therapists, nurse practitioners all over the board. But what can you tell them for young, young, young folks that want to get into that profession what can you mm-hmm. tell them if they have hesitations in pursuing a medical practice, but they really have aspirations to do it? So I think first and foremost, just kind of in terms of, I'll use myself as an example, like with me kind of doing those tradition, non-traditional gap years and taking those three years off and like really investing myself in the field of medicine, just letting myself know that I wanted to do it. Just make sure you know you want to do it. But the first thing you have to do is try and I think uh, a lot of people have pressures too as well. It's like, there's like this set standard that like, I need to go to college for four years and go straight into med school for four years and then become an attending, you know, before I'm 30 and start my family before X date, you know? And 
And I think that's traditionally what we thought. But I think for me specifically, I think just doing my own thing and just kind of doing the process my own way, I kind of really fell into it. And I think that's the best way to do it. I think with things you want, with things you love, the best way to find it is not to look for it, if that makes sense, just to let it find you. Um, So just, just stay your path. Just know, like, I think BJ had a really good um, ending advice for his thing. Like you have point A and point B, and it's not just a linear path. It's very wavy or sometimes you go backwards, but no matter what, you'll get to that point. So just do stuff for you. And, And for me specifically, like I said, I knew I wanted to do medicine I doubled down on it by doing EMT and uh, scribing. But at the same time, I knew like once I was in, like I'd be in for life and I wouldn't have as much time to do things that I would want to do. So I took those three years as well to just balance my life with, you know, living with Devin and Glenn in Norfolk and we'll just live in like this awesome bachelor lifestyle in Norfolk, you know, exploring breweries, like living life, going to music festivals, shout out Coachella uh just doing traveling you know things that just make you a melt a more well-rounded person and i think the biggest thing is if you know you want to do it just do it but don't think you have to do it on some specific timeline just just work your way into it and and money i think is very it's extremely intimidating um yeah i was actually getting a massage once uh after i finished school and oh. the guy that was <laughs> massaging me <laughs> was uh <laughs> oh. wanted to be a physical therapist but uh, i could Sorry, weird but uh he wanted to be a physical <laughs> therapist but like he just grew up this life to where like it was so frowned upon to be in debt so like he loves like the body obviously and he wanted to be a physical therapist he knew he wanted to do it but he was like hindered by this financial burden that he was nurtured into thinking was terrible but um like i said traditionally yeah we don't want to be in debt but like just with the way everything is now like you have to adapt to the way things are and it'd be impossible for me to graduate medical school with zero dollars in debt so right uh right. like a doctor once told me in terms of healthcare, like the money always works itself out so i think that's a very universal statement in terms of doing what you want to do the money will always work itself out in terms of paying for it or having that financial stability that you want but as long as you at least try i'm like as cliche as that sounds like you don't know unless you try type thing. And I'd rather live a life knowing that I tried and failed than not trying at all. Right, right, right. You hit on all of it. It's not too late ever to do it, right? Never you know, too you, late, yeah. You got it all out of your system in your young, yeah. your young adult years. You in, like, in a way, like even though you're at a life crossroads, you know, live your life, enjoy with family and friends in your 20s and early 30s. You know, mm-hmm. it, maturity so th- is developed that way. You don't, so, exactly. so you don't need to go to school to g- get mature, right? And then, mm-hmm. and then by that time, then you're ready for school. And like, yeah, maybe yeah. the financially, like you, like you said, you might not be ready for it, but it's it's all gonna come. There's a lot of benefits that this country has to help. You know, in terms mm-hmm. of federal loans, grants, you know, whatnot. Schools offer grants and and scholarships and whatnot. And so, you know, it'll all fall into place, but over worrying and not you know taking the risk is probably what can uh, hold us back the most and so exactly. i definitely love how you describe yeah, hitting on every single point never too late but also it's like a life that you adjust to and live and like you know mm-hmm. it's yeah love how you describe those middle years i'm fortunate to be also a part of those middle years traveling with you and (laughs) 
and whatnot. And so, you know, I feel like it felt like it made us well-rounded people. It feels like we don't have to look back and regret, mm-hmm. you know, certain things in our, that we didn't live this life or that we want or whatnot. And, and even if people did rush into it, don't feel like it's too late to go live that life too. You know, you can bring the kids yeah. along or bring the family along. So it's <laughs> exactly. like everyone has their own lane and own path and there's never a wrong way to do it, but make sure mm-hmm. there's a right way to do it. If you always are willing to take the risk and the initiative to do it. So. Exactly. Yeah. And just make the best out of your experience. And my path's completely different. I have classmates who went straight through and they're going to be amazing physicians. And I have classmates who waited longer than me and have kids and they're going on to be surgeons or it's no one path is every path is unique and no matter what it's your own and you just own it and don't lose yourself in the process and you'll be fine. So just to summarize, gave a lot of advice from, you know, aspiring, you know, uh, folks that want to get into a medical practice and people about their own health, but let's talk about the whole general audience you know, and this doesn't even have to be medical related either, but if there's one big piece of advice overall, you can share with everyone, what would that be coming from your heart as JB Navarro, Dr. JB Navarro? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sounds weird to say it, but uh, it also sounds cool at the same time. Not gonna lie. But um, uh, so, yeah, I, I knew you're going to ask this question, obviously, and, and I kind of alluded to BJ's cheers to BJ's. Um, piece of advice about how no matter what you're going to get to point a to point b it's not a linear line you're kind of going to get through it the way you want to but i guess my own take on it is to just as you're going through that phase just be true to yourself um don't compare yourself to anybody else comparison is the enemy of joy so that's like just bringing on anxiety that you don't need and um i know for me one particular reason why i'm doing what i'm doing is because i'm trying to be the person that I'm trying to be someone that I needed, like when I was younger, I guess, per se. Um, And one thing is, so one specific reason why I chose family medicine is because lifestyle is great. Like no matter what, you're financially stable after you pay off your loans, you know, you're a physician. Um, But one thing for me is I wanted to be a family guy. So if I could be anything else besides a physician, I'd be a stay-at-home dad. Uh, Penny Lotus, it's awesome taking care of them right now, just staying at home. But just the meaning of family. And, and you understand that just as much as I do. We came up from very similar upbringings and things like that. And our parents kind of grinded out hard coming from the Philippines had to give us this life and to give us everything we wanted, but it comes at certain costs. And, and one thing I like to quote or not quote, but I like to think about is um, growing up playing soccer, travel soccer all the time. My parents were always able to pay for it, but at what cost was it because they had to work. My mom worked urgent care where she worked five to 1 a.m., my dad worked overtime on the weekend, so uh, I'd be able to play soccer, but they wouldn't be there on the weekends. And they'd be there sometimes, you know, when they could. But And it's nothing against them, but I think that kind of just imprinted on me to where having all these things is great, but it's about who you spend your time with and them being there. So I think for me, uh, just being able to know yourself in the process and knowing that your end goal is to be, you know, who you need when you were younger, I guess, type thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So for me, it's just being there for my family at the end of the day. So all about the relationships, So, which is very family medicine. So I I think I found the right specialty. (laughs) Yes, yes. Wow, that that is powerful. Yeah, yeah. Family is everything. And we both know that, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, friends can also be family too, you know, Mm -hmm. for how many, how long we've grown with them. But yeah, I love how you, no one else has said how, how you spend your time with on this podcast, you know, and it's like, you know, we got to all cherish these moments together. And so, 
you know, you're doing it for others in your, in your profession in family medicine. And then you come back home and you're doing it for all, all of your family and friends. And it's like, you know, you, you don't look too far ahead. You look, you stay present in the moment with everyone. Enjoy mm-hmm. even, yeah. you know, like just small moments, like kicking back our feet, drinking a beer, watching <laughs> your favorite football team, watching oh, yeah. some Nats play, you know, or just having to, you know, riding scooters down San Diego, you know, so, <laughs> you know, def- yeah. definitely you, you've, uh, we, we, we definitely all admire, uh, everything that you do in terms of, you know, the camaraderie that you have with your friends, with your family. We all saw your celebrations that you had this past weekend and there'll be many more and there'll be, there will hopefully be many more with this future family you might have after the wedding, yeah. but we, yeah. we will, you know, I won't get too far ahead. <laughs> Another dog first, maybe, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Oh yeah. I want to ask one more question. Um, yeah, you know, I'm here for all, this whole pod combo medical questions, but let's talk about something different. It's no secret to, to, to our family and friends, to, to, to everyone that you and I are Washington football team. I'm going to say it, Washington <laughs> Redskins fans. Hail Let's to the Redskins. Go. Yes, we born yes. into it, but I'm happy for it. I'm here for yeah, it. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. My dad was a Redskins fan, and I'm sure your dad was as well. And, like, that, we we grew up on it. We're a little family, too. And so I don't know about Bida and the Titans, but like I know you're listening <laughs> right now, Bida. Yeah. There's always an outlier. There's <laughs> always an outlier. Madden influence with Steve Ma- Steve McNair, RIP, Steve McNair, Eddie George, you know, and whatnot. But we're Washington football uh team fans. We definitely from the Patrick Ramsey days to the Liddell Betts, Mark Brunel. Yeah, I got Liddell it. Bet. Santana Moss. Yeah, Santana Moss. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Clint <laughs> Portis, LeVar Arrington. Yeah, you already know. And I want to ask you, can you rank your top three moments in Washington team football or Washington football team history? Yeah, just, just off the top, obviously. Um, I think the best one, shout out Frost. Uh, when we watched the clinch against the Dallas Cowboys at home week 17, I forgot what year it was, but that was great. 2012. There we go. Uh, clinch great game. Um, who sealed the, the interception at the end on Tony Romo It was a linebacker. Uh, it wasn't London or maybe it was London, but either way, that was amazing. Washington. Was he there at the time? I can't remember. I don't know 2012, but either way, that's probably cause I was there in person. That was great. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, that, that's number oh, one. That's yeah. the RG3 season with also, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I can't even remember the running back's name. All right, here we go. Alfred Morris. Right. There you go, Alfred Morris. Yep, yep. Yep. Um, and, just, and just with that, I mean, following, like, just that whole season in general, uh, RG3, man, just took us for oh, – that gosh. was easily the best oh, season oh, in, our, in our 30-year – Oh, gosh. 30-year – watch this football team life and just you know winning and just it was great man like what we went uh we won eight straight at the end or something like we were like yeah 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 like four and six no one could stop us yeah yeah rg3 is running 60 yards without (laughs) getting tackled no one could stop us yeah (laughs) yeah we had to go 10 and six i think that was 10 and six season but just that season in general was great but um and the third one man honestly again shout out tailgate ted like the big brother never had just watching that tailgate you know rise to where it is now like it's humongous to where 
and it's all community service based too. Like he, they don't ask for a single dime. It's, and that's so great. And, and one of my aspirations uh, is coming home and helping fund a lot of that just because it means a lot to me. It helped, it helped nurture me into being into my path now, which is, you know, family medicine, being in the community and stuff like that. So uh, maybe not as sexy as an answer, but uh, no, definitely up there for me. Yeah. Oh, these are yeah. recent memories. Okay, we not we not going back to the two thousands then. Sorry, Clint Portis. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Jason Campbell. Like, we not thinking I mean, about yeah, that era. Santana Moss. You know when we were playing the Cowboys and we he scored like two tutties. Oh, like dude, dude, dude. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say we were about to go to sleep on Great that Monday game. night football game. My gosh, yeah. that was that was yeah. crazy. I actually went to sleep and woke up to cheers and started watching. <laughs> so, I'll be honest. I'll be. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Number one player in my heart, Sean Taylor. Rest oh, in peace. Uh, yeah. The blocked field goal by the guy oh. Buffalo, and then Sean Taylor picked it up, got the face mask penalty on the return, put us in field goal range, won it in dying seconds. That's also a great memory as well. well and, I thought that was. I, th- I thought. I. I think that was against Dallas. That was Dallas. I, I was Dallas. It was Dallas. Yeah. 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 It was Buffalo Dallas. was the one where we called the two timeouts. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Really, any Sean Taylor moment too, like his his uh, hit stick at the Pro Bowl on the oh, Buffalo gosh. punters, legendary. Yeah, that wasn't even fair. <laughs> yeah. The fumble return, I think, on the Eagles, like that iconic where he's like stretched out. Yeah, um, yeah, that's... yeah. That that was our that was one of my favorite seasons, 2005. We made that run, finished ten and six with Clint Portis, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we even beat Tampa in the uh, first round. I remember. I yeah, think, we always. Yeah, I think I think Sean Taylor had another return in that or a fumble <laughs> pickup that game. Yeah, that was. But then we lost to Seattle that year. Seattle ended up going to the Super Bowl with China. Yep. Yeah, kind of made it better, but yeah, I actually was uh, there for Sean Taylor's last game, but not knowing it, we were playing the Eagles. Um, it was like week seventeen or something. But I remember like vividly we had really good seats and it was wow. like the we let the eagles score on one of the last plays just so we could get the ball back to try to win but we didn't win but that i think that was sean Taylor's last game to be honest. oh really yeah so. it was like that was like in november of mm-hmm. our junior or sophomore year i can't remember which but yeah, it was in high school it was definitely in high junior school. year junior year junior yeah. year yep yeah yeah last question before we sign off What's your favorite Filipino food? It can't be crispy pata because it got a lot of calories. But what's your favorite Filipino food? Oh, easily singy gong all the way. Singy gang. Singy gang. <laughs> yes, gang, sir. Gang, gang. gang. <laughs> so good. My little niece Ari calls it rice soup, which, you know, that's, that's what it is. It's just so good. It's warm. You can put some spice on it. Uh, my mom does it with, like, the short ribs specifically, where, like, the meat just melts off the bone and the broth is just – so good and the rice is just like not too hard it's soft you could just it's it's all it's healthy you put green beans you put spinach in it it's good vegetables by far my best food i would eat that it's a hot food but i would eat that in the winter i'd eat it in the summer i'd, I'd eat it any time of the day so yeah easy yeah. question and my mom easy. specifically so yeah there you go yeah it, <laughs> yeah. Had, a, it had a traditional tie yeah to, to yeah. mama duke's um, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like it's a good, also a good to clear the throat if you're, you're mm-hmm. you know, got a sore throat or something like that. Right. Yeah. Or cough. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Hey man. Thank you, JB <laughs> so much for joining us today. I'm going to give you a closer right here, but you know, 
you sharing all of your medical expertise, advice, your journey becoming a doctor, the Washington <laughs> fan in you, you know, you being a great stay person. True. For, stay true. H-T-T-R, H-T-T-F-T. I don't know if I said that right. But, you know, you like did. I said, like I said in our messages, you're going to be saving many lives and be a saving grace for many families in the future. You're admired by your generosity, your unending selflessness, which only made sense. Like I said, that fate and the man above led you to this path of being a doctor. We wish you all the best and best of luck in your endeavor at EVMS Norfolk and a bright future with your soon to be wife, Anna Howard. Hey, Navarro. You better make it. <laughs> we, hey, bro, again, we hope to have you back on this show soon down the road and thank you again dr navarro i appreciate it man and anytime obviously my regards to you and rosemary i love you guys miss you guys uh if anyone's interested in medicine or, or dwindling with it um find me through james or whatever send me a message on instagram or whatever uh if i don't have the answer i got tons i got a whole network of friends and colleagues that i can point you in the right direction so uh feel free to let to hit me up Tune in next week for our guest, Lauren McGee, who will shed her light, wisdom, and tips, advice for all those working in the advertising industry, especially those on the ad agency side. If you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us with the five stars and leave us a review. A nice one, please. All right, everyone. Stay safe. Smiles up. Big laughs. Positive energy all around, like JB says. Thank you all for tuning in. He's JB. I'm James. See you all next week.